Um, gotta remember that PC was it PC Gamer? Yes, it was. it was. They said yes, dungeons are confirmed as being downloadable content. You're gonna get this and this and that. So all you people who whinged and moaned and got your p- talking pitchfork out. Got 99 problems and the bitches are one. You know. This episode of the Relics of Orb, I almost said broadcast. This, okay. That's where podcast comes from. I'm such a freaking idiot. <laughs> Holy I never knew that till now. Okay, anyway. This episode of the Yeah, I'm I'm a professional. This episode of the Relics of War broadcast is brought to you by Doghouse Systems. Uh if you botching it up, okay. <clears throat> if I had some binaca, I'd spray it in my mouth right now. This episode of the Relics of War podcast is brought to you by Doghouse Systems. If you buy a system or use the coupon code RELICS and you can get $25 off and free uh, Jinx merchandise. My smoothness is not with me today. Hey everybody, welcome to Relics of War, episode number 21. This is a podcast about Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, and the Guild Wars community, and we've got a lot of news about all of that. First, let's get down to who's with me. I've got with me here Chaz from the Nation of the Canadia. You introduced me first. That's that's never happened before. Are you all giddy? I'm giddy. Are you blushing? I'm very, very giddy. Very nice. Hi, everybody. <laughs> also with us is Tasha from England. And Community Radio. Sorry about that. I don't want to just leave you as an English person. Go ahead. Hello, everyone. How you doing? And also, uh, we have Tasha or Tiger with the Secret Agent Cat blog at www.secretagentcat.com. No, I'm actually Tasha today. There's two of her. Oh, okay. Can you do English? The whole English <laughs> thing? Uh, you have been no. tasked. Now you know. just in. Tasha is actually an amoeba, and she just split. So yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how I could be everywhere at once. We have double the trouble today. It's like dun, Jurassic. Dun, dun. Well, it's like Jurassic. That, I've actually joined the Four Four Eyes Club. This is the last time I was on the show. I actually have glasses now, so you know I could be seeing double. <laughs> Do you call them high your... five, Tasha? Glasses rock. <laughs> you call them your spectacles? No, no, I don't. I call them my magic seeing the computer screen glasses. I was gonna say though, this whole like Tasha multiplying thing. It's like Jurassic Park. You can have uh, yes. Newman from Seinfeld walking up and going, "Oh my God, she multiplies." Anyway, um, I actually watched that again this week. First time in years, I actually sat and watched Jurassic Park. That movie holds up really well. It does actually. I was quite surprised. I was expecting the, the special effects to kick in and then to look rubbish compared to what you see now, and they actually were quite good. I, you know, you couldn't really see where the edges were and stuff, which is usually mm-hmm. where it is. So yeah, I was quite impressed. Every time I think of Jurassic Park, I, I start wanting to say, shoot her! Shoot her! <laughs> All I think of is Clever Girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we both <laughs> think of Muldoon still. Yep. That guy was a badass. I wonder what else he he's was. Been. Too bad his face got nommed off. Yeah, I know. Nom, nom, nom. Big thanks to Remedy Man for that intro you guys heard. And uh, also want to ta- uh, say a big thanks to Johnny Ten and Bostroyan. Both of these guys are from, you know, the Guild Wars guru communities and stuff like that. We went on an Urgaz's Warren run about two weeks ago, and uh, they both gave me the Gacky Stones that they got. You guys know how I am about Gacky Stones. How nice. They're your crack. Yes. 
<laughs> they make my eyes bug out. Just like 5-Hour yep. Energy does. 5-Hour Energy also makes me really, really bad at starting off a podcast. <laughs> if you could, you just lay a bunch on the table and just snort it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Snorting up gacky stones. <laughs> <laughs> But I do have to give an apology for there being no episode last week. Um, this, this might be more common right now since news is not, you know, really all that hyped up right now. But I was intending to get two interviews, and we still plan to get them. Um, I, I probably shouldn't divulge any information yet about what they're going to be about. But, um, yeah, look forward to that. You, you might get a double header this week, actually, because of it. So that should be shiny. Yes. Yes, indeed. Sweet. Um but also, there there has been some pretty big news in the community, which was uh, the ZAM website, guildfans.com, starting up. If anybody's not familiar with ZAM, um, okay, so Guild Wars Guru is owned by Curse now. A huge competitor to Curse is ZAM, and ZAM does things like the interface sites, so like WoW Interface and all that, plus MMOUI.com. I have had to work with both of these companies before, and I highly, highly, highly recommend ZAM. Like, anything Zam comes out with is probably going to be better than Curse. Well, apparently, JR, Indy, and uh, Qatar all knew this. So they're they're over there with Guild Fans now instead of the Gurus. So I will be probably hanging out on Guild Fans pretty often. And I'm probably going to be steering away from the Gurus now because there's a prevailing attitude, an eternal September, which we'll talk about later, that's setting in over there. I'm not digging You'll it. You'll have to explain that term to me. Yeah. Because I've never heard of an internal September before. Neither had I. I can't even remember where I ran into it. Yeah, Tiger's the one who did bring up the idea, and it, it really fits the bill. Okay. So. I... I'll have to check that out. I've been over there. I haven't signed up yet, but they have one thing going for them that Guru, Guru does not, and that's the fact they're not blocked at work. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's a major one. <laughs> I'm still I'm still over with Guru because you know I I still moderate there so yeah I'm still there but I I do had I've added Guild fans into my daily routine of snooping out news and opinion and stuff so yes all good so is, darn I'm gonna have to do that what the Zam people need to do is they need to come up with a Guru or uh, an auction type well they're <laughs> not gonna need it now for Guild Wars two no they're not gonna need it they're not gonna need it at all oh uh, never mind no. well, do they have a thread where they aggregate all the different news that comes out through all the different sites? I don't think well, they do. Well, generally, no. Guild Wars 2, Guru, the news section, that's what happens. If someone finds a piece of news on any site, it gets posted there. Even if it's on, say, Guild Fans or Ink Gamers or wherever it is, it still gets posted there. Mm-hmm. That's where I usually go for the aggregation of all the news. Yeah, me too, because I really like the fact that you've got interviews coming out on French and German-speaking sites, but I don't frequent those websites in general because I can't yeah. read French or German. So I really do need that re- people posting aggregations of those news articles. Otherwise, I would never find them at all. Speaking of that, though, real quick, when you go to those sites that are in other languages, do you use Google Chrome? No. No. I would use it because there, a little button appears up top that says, this is obviously in another language. Want me to translate? You hit translate and the whole page becomes readable. Nice. Yes. And See, it's just, I just wait for the community to translate it for me. Or that, yeah. But it, it's built right into the browser. So, I mean, yeah. And plus, Google Chrome is really safe and really light. I'm, I'm a big Google like nerd, though. Like, my phone has the Android OS. It's the LG Ally. And I've, I've got the best ringtones you guys have ever heard. 
See, I'm not a fan of Google Chrome. I- I'm a Firefox person just because I like all my plugins. Except their most recent release has a memory leak. It's really obnoxious. Uh-oh. Well, let's face it, Firefox is heavy on memory anyway. It's always yeah. the most in- in heavy process that when I open up Task Manager, I just accept it. I have got really. no I've got no qualms with Firefox. What they started is really awesome. So yeah. I'm not here to like blag on them or anything. I'm just saying that I actually use Firefox to check my uh relics of ore, like email and stuff, like all of it's saved there and I use Chrome for personal. So they're obviously my two favorites. Oh, yeah, how was your week, Chaz? Oh geez. Um it was actually pretty fun. Uh just last night, uh, you know, Hamstorm Nation, the guild that's allied with uh relics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We did a uh, Heroes Ascent, and we got a few wins in. We were actually lost to a tie in Capture the Relic in the Halls of Heroes. So we were just inches away from having the entire game broadcast Hamstorm Nation has won a battle in the Hall of Heroes. Oh, man, really? Oh, nice. Yeah, it was pretty nice. pretty sick. I make yeah. a really kick-ass water Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the call-out going for monks on that. I'm like, man, I really love to go to that, but I'm kind of sleepy. And in the middle of being the worst ranger in the history of rangers. So I, that that should speak something. Spoiler! Spoiler! That should speak to the benefit of joining our guild. Is like when you join our guild, yeah, you're you're like joining a podcast, um, you know, uh, community guild. But we're also allied with a really pro guild called Hamstorm Nation. Yep. If you visit our site, we've got links to their uh, website. So a lot of people are going to go there and start applying there. They're like, we don't want to go hang out with the noobs. We want to hang out with you guys. I found my found my ringtone. You're going to love this. Oh, play it for God's sake. Oh, it's not doing it. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, come on. I have my volume down too quietly. The Geico commercial. Isn't that Beat Freaks? No, that's Mr. Win Pizzy. Okay. Anyway, enough of this BS. Let's talk SQL Scuttlebutt. Oh, and if my wife like sends me a chat in Google, uh, in Gmail, or if someone sends me a text message, it will either do the Old Spice whistle, <laughs> or it'll do the uh, who is that guy? Ochbed, where he goes, silence! I kill you. Oh. Was that loud? No. Nah. Oh, no. That was manageable. Okay. <laughs> manageable. <laughs> I still have ears. You're okay. Okay. So, sequel scuttlebutt. Captain, what be that over there? Or, let be sequel scuttlebutt. Uh, we're going to talk about how ArenaNet has gone a little heavy on the explanations this week. Uh, they've given us a lot of information about where they're coming along, or how they're coming along, and what kind of influences their decisions as to information release and stuff. Mostly from Eric Flanham. What did you guys think of that? There was one article, which I'll put in the show notes. As a, um, as a Guild Wars fan, and purely as a consumer, I'm not sure if I really enjoyed the little nitty-gritty explanations of how everything is working. As an artist, and someone who's involved in, like, a hobby. I'm a I'm a hobbyist, uh, 3D artist right now, but I'm looking to be not a hobbyist eventually. And as someone coming from there, I really enjoyed the articles about how they work behind the scenes, and kind of their company culture and work uh, workflow. Yeah, that's the word. I was yeah, I I could see how 
it, it felt a little boring to me, but only for one reason, and that is these are things I already assumed. It was kind of like, yeah, I understand business net, but there are so many people raising such a fuss. I have a feeling there was a lot of people out there who read that and kind of said, oh, you know, it was kind of like a slap upside the head to make them realize what's really happening at ArenaNet. Don't yeah, forget, most I think of the that's complainers true. are probably from Guild Wars Guru. Zing! <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. It's all right. We can I talk. Th- we can talk smack about the goos now, because uh, you know. Because there's a competitor now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's curse now. <laughs> I think you guys are being a bit unfair, to be honest. I know. It's- yeah, definitely. <laughs> there's there's a lot of good people on the Guru that definitely you know pull their share and don't complain at all. I think the reason you see the most complaints is just because they're the biggest. It's not necessarily because it's them. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about proportions. Exactly. Yeah. The higher proportion of people, the higher proportion of criers. But one of the big things on the article that I saw was the talk about the UI that Eric Flanham was going into. Um, I have actually been very involved with an MMO's UI. Uh, with World of Warcraft, I did a, a really popular UI on WoW Interface. Like, if you go there, it's still one of the top ones. And um, um, anyway, I did this UI that was really popular with World of Warcraft. And I got to tell you, like, the scripting and everything that goes into it, huge pain in the butt not to mention like how to get everything to lay out just so and eric was kind of leading into that he was like you know he was saying that one of the most iterative processes in development of a game is the ui which is kind of what they're one of the key focuses they're working on at this point in time Mm. so i I don't know i wish i could even read more about it but i know that nobody else is going to give as much of a care but to me that stuff just i love that i love interfaces and stuff like i'm a linux geek of course i'm into customizing uis well, that's basically what I do at work, is I deal with the UIs and take the designs that the, the people give us and turn it into the actual product. So that's that's basically my job at work. So that, to me, was kind of interesting, um, considering I actually developed the scripting language that we use at work as well. Um, it's kind of cool. You and I should get in cahoots and we'll like redesign the UI of the GIMP. <laughs> the GIMP's user interface sucks ass, and so does Blender. Like, we could get in there and make those things, like, more just, you know, standard, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that but was a my shot main at- thoughts on, on the, the article um, were generally, you know, yes, it's a rehash of the it's ready when it's ready thing. But to me, it wasn't so much a bad reflection on the fans that they don't get it. It's just a bad reflection on the industry that it's needed like to me arena net are dealing with guild wars 2 the right way they're they're seeing how things progress and changing things when they're not needed and that's actually a rare place to be in for any game of any genre at all most of the time it's people with the money holding the purse string saying you have to be done by this deadline because we want to see a return on our investment and then things get get crunched towards the end features get dropped and the game bombs and there's very few games where that happens and they actually survive without a huge huge change in fact the only mmo i can think of that has survived without changing the subscription model is age of conan that's the only one that bombed at release and is still going now um i mean star trek online released at the start this year is going free to play dungeons and dragons online again is going free to play flip side of that I can't think of very many games where they've actually had an ethos of it's ready when it's ready that haven't been successful. I mean, maybe you guys can think of some, but I'm mean, thinking Blizzard, I'm thinking Valve titles here. They've all been great hits, and doesn't that bode well for Guild Wars 2? Yep. 
well, that's right the now, way that it's going to be. Right now, World of Warcraft, like Blizzard is kind of more often under pressure from Activision now. And you can yeah. see it in their final product. So it just speaks volumes about what you said. So I guess this kind of gives us one reason to, I don't know, eat crow about our animosity towards NCSoft. They're not yes. they're not bearing down on Anet, and that's cool. we got to give them at least props for that. They're better than Activision. I'll give them that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Activision eats babies. This is in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's cool. Um... Uh, what else was I going to say? I guess I'll just move on. Um, one quote from Eric Flanham was this. Everything that I've said here also ties into how often we're able to release information. We don't hold things back according to some sinister master schedule to intentionally tease our fans or for any of the other malicious purposes that I've seen Bandite about on various forums. N- not only does that mean that they are reading forums there, but it also means that when you just go willy-nilly saying negative things about ArenaNet, it still has an effect you know, you the average person is humble enough to think, eh, it's not going to make a difference if I give them crap. No, it, it will. And that because yeah. the overall overarching attitude toward arena net needs to be managed. You know, this is this is like Chris Lies' worst nightmare when a whole forum is lighting up with anger toward them over something that they don't deserve. Mm-hmm. And but actually, at the same time, if you are releasing a game, if you're releasing a product, you ex- I would imagine that it would be worse from a community standpoint if you didn't have any negative reactions at all. Yeah. I mean, even if people are saying negative things about you, at least they care enough to say them. That's true. It's true. On my blog, I do a lot of artwork critiques. For Like, when I talk about something new, I'm more likely to talk about the artwork and the models and the textures than I am about anything, just because that's what I'm really interested in. And I always try to imagine that I'm talking to the artist in particular, because it's quite likely that they see what you're going to say. I mean, even, hell, I know Regina's seen my stuff. She did a Twitter about my pelt watch for the char uh, customizations. So I know from experience that artists tend to be, it can be pretty touchy. I mean, I myself am a delicate flower and don't say anything mean to me or I'll crumple up and cry <laughs> kind of person. So if I'm going to criticize something, I, I want to do it constructively. So that if they do see it, instead of just having their feelings hurt, they might take away something useful. Yeah, I agree with Definitely. that. I, I mean, I, the last two weeks I've had a bit of a QQ fest about the ranger and the pet and how it's shaping up. And I kind of then went back and said, actually, let's turn this from being something negative into something positive and try to come up with an alternative to the unique mechanic that's been thrown out there. So I think that it's important that if you're going to be negative, at least... Don't just say you're doing bad stuff. At least try and turn it around and saying, well, this is how you could do it or this is what you're doing right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, treat it like you're actually talking to a person because there is a person who's going to read that. And yeah. if, if it's good criticism, it will actually come up. In a, like ArenaNet, they're really popular now, but you could still you can still infiltrate their base with criticism. <laughs> Basically, this isn't a 4chan forum. People are... <laughs> people. The people who are posting here are actual people, yeah. And they're going to li- they're going to read, and they're going to actually listen. And they're actually going to take what you say or what you post to heart. So just keep that in mind. And and if you do go overboard, just say, "I'm sorry, I thought I was posting on YouTube comments." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, okay, uh, on this topic, then um, 
we talked about the eternal September thing. Back when the internet was like really new and it was Usenet. I don't know if you guys know all about that. I, I barely know enough about it. I'm too young, but I just wikied it. <laughs> yeah, what it was was just like the internet was mostly just like text based information exchange, chat rooms and stuff. And as the internet started to get more popular, especially when AOL kicked in, um, a whole influx of new people showed up. And before that, there was like this etiquette and this culture, and it was very, very tidy. I like to compare it to, say, a church, for example. When I was a kid, we went to church all the time. And the the small church we went to was always the best one because it was like a family. And we all had the unspoken rules and life was good. And as new people came in, popularity was increasing which seems like success except for one thing. All these new people were totally unaware and they could totally change the culture too because they were just so overwhelming. And mm. so it becomes rude, it becomes drama-ridden and all of that. Well, that seems to be what's kind of what's going on with the whole Guild Wars 2 uh, community. And that's, that's where we're going to be fair to Guild Wars Guru is while they were still a family, I loved that place. That was a great mm -hmm. place to be. Everything anybody said was constructive. Then the new people started showing up, some of the WoW players and the Second Lifers and all them. I don't really know about the Second Lifers. Um, yeah. Well, well, with the char, you could be free. Anyway, all I'm saying is <laughs> all these new people show up. They don't know the etiquette of the Guru uh, forums and stuff. And so it's kind of hard to hang out there now, which we don't mean to like paint the old the people that we loved hanging out with before as being among them, you know? Although there's nothing wrong with those people, you know, the people that know the etiquette, going to guildfans.com, just saying. Okay, go ahead. I think the other side of this is that, A, it could have been any website, and B, um, I think it's also related to the, the quantity of stream of information coming out of ArenaNet. Whilst it's there is no, no new news, I think that any big fan site is going to be worse for having a dry spell, because people end up rehashing over the same information over and over and over again. There's no movement forwards um, and that just you know, means that there's nothing new to talk about and people things go stale. As soon as the tap turns on again, I think it'll get better. The thing was that the tap turned off just after PAX and just after Gamescom, after they got everyone's attention and they've had nothing new to talk about. And now they've finally caught up with the same point that everyone else has that was in beforehand and everyone's just twiddling their thumbs going, I don't know what to talk about really, I'm just going to go troll people. I get this mentally hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> I get this I get this mental vision that there was this party going on with the and the music was the information about Guild Wars 2. And then the party ended, the balloons fell to the ground, a couple of them popped, it was quiet, and all of a sudden someone came up to the mic and went, <clears throat> transmutation stunts. And it was like, what was that? <laughs> And yes. everybody's just up in this this tizzy, and there's no party going on now, so people are just hashing over the things they're mad about. And It is the l drunk people having a fight in the street at the end of the night. <laughs> uh, good, so we'll all have a hangover for when the information starts again. Yeah. Guild Wars 2 will show up, and we'll be like, Ugh, I'm trying to play, but my head is killing me. It'll be a binge fest, man. It'll be a binge fest. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay, well, let's uh, let's move on to the speculation. Let's speculate, shall we? The sky will be blue. I heard it's going to be produced by ArenaNet. I heard you can use a keyboard with this game. I heard this game will work on Windows 7. I heard you'll need a monitor to play this I game. I heard that Norman are really tall. That's just speculation. Uh, what do you want to see in the Silvari reskin? Wait, wait, there's Park. a Silvari reskin. Yeah. You didn't know? I didn't know. Oh. 
It was in the article. He was talking about the reason you haven't seen much Silvari is because it was because they're not done yet, right? Well, because we've been reworking them from what you saw originally. So they're changing like their average proportion, or are they like just changing what they look like the uh, color? We don't know anything. It's all it's all good for speculation. I think I think they decided to do this because there were too many very human-looking races. So mm-hmm. I think they said, you know what, let's make the Silvari stand out from humanoid a little bit more. Uh, one thing I would like to see is I had a friend, what was his name? Uh, I forget his name now, but he was an old friend from like 10 years ago. And we were both dead set on writing a novel. And I wrote one, but it was really crappy. But he wrote one, and it started off really cool, but it was sci-fi. And he had these people in it where instead of growing hair, they grew like layers of, um, you know how your nails and your hair are made of similar stuff? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, they grew layers of really, really thin nail-like material. So there was like nails, like several layers of it growing off. So they were like these, how would you put it? Like curtains hanging off their head almost. Mm. It would be cool if something like that with like leaves or foliage or something growing off their heads instead. And it doesn't have to look like hair. It can look like layers of feathered stuff, you know? So Hell, I could roll a lampshade. You could, could actually roll a lampshade. <laughs> a, a lampshade or a predator if they decide to go the like dreadlocks, vines looking thing. Okay. Well, it'd be kind of cool if they made um the Silvari right now. The Silvari, from what we've seen, I get the impression that it's like an elf, basically. Yeah. Except they have a lot of leaves and stuff like that, so it's not exactly Tolkienish, but it's more like um I don't know creatures of the forest kind of th- vibe you're getting from them. Um, if they are reskinning them, I hope that they make them more along the lines of what I don't know. I don't know how to really describe it, like plant people that's what i kind of want to see like yeah they, I w- they uh they uh concentrate on the fact that these people are not they're they're on they are like you know um what's what's the word they are they look like what they look like right now kind of humanoid right mm-hmm. but they're definitely not human and you definitely cannot you could definitely see the difference between a human and a silvari right like one is like you know obviously like a forest almost and the other one's a human yeah I'm I'm I agree with you Chaz. I would like to see them go in a more plant-like direction, though I know there's people who wish they were more more human than plant. Mm-hmm. Um I think above all, I would like to see them looking more uncanny in general. I think if they could hit that spot where they where you look at them and you just kind of get a little bit of a shiver down your spine thinking they're not like us. They're not even like the Char or the Norn, they are so far different, something completely new. They're not even animals, they're plants. Yeah. I, I, like a- I, I think they could go either direction with that, and I don't have any advice or anything to add to how to get how to do that, but if that's the effect they could, could achieve, I think it would be fantastic. I see them weighing two options here. It's either... So you can tell they're kind of trying to hold up unoriginal archetypes from MMOs with original implementations. So you've got the small but really intelligent people, which are typically gnomes. Well, instead, they've got the Asura, who instead Uh of using gadgets and gears like every other MMO likes to do, these guys know how to use like this kind of like magic intelligence, which is that's awesome. I'm totally for that. I mean, if the formula works, roll with it. But it seems to me like with the Silvari they're going through, we really need to hold up the elf side of things. Or should we actually go for something totally original? 
with these guys because they really lend themselves to potentially being, you know, like the Mesmer was for classes and professions. Yeah. Just like blew everyone's minds. Well, the Silvari could do that in terms of races where people would be like, wow, I have not ever seen anything like that. I wouldn't mind seeing either way because, I mean, the elf thing, come on, man. Like, log on to WoW and see how many elves you see. They're everywhere. Yeah. I'm not as big of a fan of the elf paradigm, but I know there's a lot of people who are. And I think a game, it would probably suffer for popularity if that, yeah, if it wasn't there. Yeah. So, while it's not my cup of tea, I know it's a valuable thing to do. But I definitely understand why ArenaNet's changing this because when I actually thought about it you know oh i could think about you know rolling all these different uh races and character combinations and the silvari always struck me as the weakest because first of all we don't know much about them second they look too much like the humans you know like they don't really have that thing that makes them say this is what we are and this is what makes it interesting to roll if they deviate from the human form too much though they'll lose the ability to hold the elf place in an mmo definitely definitely but i mean it's. I was thinking more along the lines of just changing how, mm, cha- really something as simple as changing their skin. You know, like making it so that it's not so much, uh, blue or green or white or whatever the normal elf paradigm is, and just cha- making it something along the lines of I don't know maybe tree bark skin. Yeah. That would be cool. I'm a huge fan of the tree bark skin. Yeah. Also, you have to think. Sorry to interrupt, but um. Go for it. They've got a book out already, and there's a, there, Kyleen was a Silvari in Ghosts of Ascalon, and you don't want to change them too much to make that book completely not match what is the reality. I don't know, every yeah, other MMO totally... They've got another couple of books coming out too. We should probably... I know the second one must be nearly written because the due date is apparently around Christmas. Mm-hmm. So For the books? The second book, yeah. Okay. That's what the publishers are putting on there, so it's tentative, but that's kind of the timescale, which case the book should nearly be written by now. So again, you shouldn't really change what the description of them is, but description and how they actually appear. You can have several different have the same description and get end up with several yeah. different appearances, if you get what I mean. Yeah, you could my, 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 my... I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, on. I was just gonna say you can take a lot of liberties through the interpretation of a description that already exists. Like, you've, yes. you've got people that believe the book of Ezekiel in the Bible is a UFO encounter. So, anyway, continue. Um, my main thought on the whole Silvari change is basically just make the males and females look distinctly different when you're looking at them, because I haven't been able to tell all the time whether they're male or female, and someone's actually going to go, oh, no, no, that is actually a male Silvari. And I think that's quite bad. I mean, okay, for... For me, the uninitiated, seeing the chast male and female in a completely different context, that's quite hard. But if I was to put them side by side, I'd be instantly be able to tell. Um, but I think the Silvari, they need to have that distinction between them. And I'm not a fan of the elvish look either. I guess you're not alone. Okay, so so you were basically just saying that the males are very feminine with the Silvari? Yeah. I'd never and seen the, that. And the fem- females were very masculine as well. So they're it, very androgynous. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's really such a bad move. I mean, uh, I was stoked to be a Silvari, and I don't mind having a slightly feminine-looking guy as a character. But the, there's a line you don't cross because after that, then in-game mocking just for being that race comes into play, which sucks. Mm. I would compare the Silvari as far as body type goes to the assassin. 
Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and I agree with that, actually. I'm actually a huge fan of the assassin body type. I love that there's a female character that's very... Tomboyish. Yeah. I, I love that, you know, they felt that they felt comfortable with themselves as a company to be able to put that out there and not have to put a female with a huge rack and completely <laughs> voluptuous. And I, I appreciate it being there for the diver- diversity. I think Spirit Hime right now is holding up her Tonka truck saying, Yeah! okay so uh suppose wow we really went on about that for a while we need to talk more about that kind of interesting stuff but let's get back to the boring stuff class changing systems and what i like to call character remorse where you make a character and you're like crap i'm almost you know max level now and i wish i hadn't done that like i wish i could change my long john assassin's hair color as an example which i really in game transactions yeah, would you do you see that happening? Do you think it? Yeah, I see that happening. Mm-hmm. In terms of now, the reason I say class changing is because that's like the ultimate that they. So you mean like change your character class? Yeah. So what if you could go? I don't for see a that happening. Warrior. I don't think so either. But what would I that do? I don't think so either. Just purely because it's 120 hours from zero to 80. Go make a new character. Yeah, really. That, that yeah. and I'm pretty sure isn't the class um, doesn't have it have a lot to do with the personal storyline like you'll get a personal different personal storyline if you're a different yeah class. it'll be really hard to, me- to mess with that because it'll be, yeah. yeah it'll be really convoluted well one thing that i noticed though when i looked at the pax videos i know not the pax videos the GamesCon videos they showed uh the playable demo and you could play a human character right at level one and during the player um creation portion it says specialize in something fire magic water magic earth magic now I wonder, I don't know if you guys know or if ArenaNet knows or whatever, but is that changeable? Because if that actually has a meaningful um, gameplay mechanic, because it sounds like it would, do I you think, think they'd reverse that at any point? Like they can reverse secondary professions in Guild Wars? I Now, Tasha can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that's a special, specialization so much as it's a choose which headpiece you want to start with. Okay. Yeah. That is what I understood, but I might, that might be incorrect, because I think the choice for Ranger was was which pet you got. Yeah, but you can, you can change which pet then have afterwards. Yes. I think it's just a pick your starting equipment, dependent on class, and you can change (laughs) that. I think it's like, I was uh, really confused. I think it's like oh. in Guild Wars Awesome, when you have your starting uh, armor, and they're like, what do you want it to be? Purple, brown, and you would choose purple, and then you log in, that looks like crap. Well, there's a die trader, and you just go switch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably liked it. Okay. What do you guys think of data tracking for Guild Wars 2? As an example, there are damage meters and stuff. We've talked about it before, but this is something I think people think of a lot, because I know in Guild Wars, when I'm on my assassin, I really wish I could see... Like, how much weight I'm really pulling, because it feels like I'm doing a lot of damage compared to what my Ellie used to do, but I don't know. Honestly, it comes right now, we've with Guild Wars, we've devolved to rules of thumb when it comes to uh, tracking damage. So, like, like, I mean, numbers, how many numbers you saw on your screen, stuff like that? Almost, almost like that, but I mean, in the end, you can't really track anything. Like, they, they actually built in, like, a little thing in the Great Temple of Balthazar, if you go into the Isle of the Nameless... There's actually a guy called the Master of Damage, and you can just whack away at him and two uh, little signposts next to him to see how much, and he'll actually tell you every five seconds how much damage you're dealing each second. Oh, he will? 
Yeah, I didn't yeah. know about and that. And then part. if you and then if you do the slash bow command, he'll stop the simulation immediately and tell you how much damage, what your highest hit was at what time, and stuff like that. I like that. That's cool. The problem is that the master of damage is set at sixty armor, so it's only a fair comparison when you're dealing armor ignoring damage. When you're not dealing armor ignoring damage, when you're in hard mode where monsters have a lot more than sixty armor, it's really hard to like nail down how much damage you're actually dealing. Yeah. But what I'd say is that Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2 are more than... The, the combat is more than the damage. Yeah. It's about the control aspect of it as much as anything. In you know, fact, that's it's, like true. Playing, it's like playing a water Ellie as opposed to playing a fire Ellie for anyone who catches yeah. that I mean, reference. There's you're not going to do any damage, damage yeah. but still are very, very helpful to the team. I think what yeah. people are going to find is that Guild Wars 2 is going to, in a way, feel more like an FPS than an MMO. <laughs> I hope it does, because yeah. I've been... So this is just my little thing. I've been looking for a team fantasy game. A team RPG fantasy game. Mm. Mm-hmm. Where everyone is just, you know, everyone just has their role, everyone plays their role, and the game doesn't confuse them or anything like that to make do different things. I don't know, it'd just be fun. It's kind of like a Team Fortress 2 style game. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. or Alien Swarm. I love the way yeah, Alien exactly. Swarm's healing works. That's a blast. <laughs> see, my personal, I, I see it, the combat, a lot like um, Dota. Um, but I know here is newest, but it's basically the same thing. That's that's how I see a lot of the damage, especially the non-targeted sort of abilities. The ones where you, you know, you can't target an ally because the hell are you going to target someone you're not in a group with? Um, but it's kind of like AoE. Like you say that you want to heal the person, that, you know, that kind of area and things like that. Yeah, the yeah. the first MMO I ever played actually was Fantasy Star Online. I know, Naruto, dorky. But the way that the actual mechanics of the game worked was really cool. It was AoE-like, kind of, where you would set off this firestorm around you, and if the things around you were weak to fire, it would work better or whatever. But it wasn't so much a matter of targeting. And the heals were the same, too. You would just cast a spell, they called it Resta, and it would heal the people around you. Um, if they weren't within range, well, it's their own damn fault, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, like. I thought I remember ArenaNet saying something about how you're not going to be able to direct target and heal people individually, but you'll be able yeah. to throw down an AoE thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what they said. So I think if you've played... I haven't said this because I hate admitting that I played that game ever. But I think if you've ever played PSO, you're going to find... I This is my wager, that when I play Guild Wars 2, I'm going to say, huh, the mechanics remind me of the only thing cool about PSO, but the graphics are way better. Because th- that game was also cool because you could start up, um, well, I guess you would call it a mission or whatever. You'd go in there and you'd start doing your thing and anybody could join at any time. What was or you PS- could password, pro- it was uh, Fantasy Star Online. It was actually oh, like okay. Blue Burst or something. Very, very old, very kind of anime looking, but. No, I know what you're talking about now. Boy, was that game a grind for <laughs> 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 So, okay. Um, I suppose that does it then. Uh, I, Can I do one more thing? Sure, go ahead. Greennet, character creation, go look at what Eva doing, please, because it's freaking awesome. Yeah, seriously. Is it better than Ion? Much, much better. Seriously, I'll see if I can dig out the video for the show notes. I'm just trying to look for it now, but I can't find it. Um, but what they've done is they've made the character creation so that instead of sliders, you kind of highlight muscle groups on the face, and you can just tweak those. Oh, my God. So you can God. drag those in and out and things like that. You can do it for the entire face, for the entire body, and everything else like that. And it's, oh. it looks so much better than it is just 
fiddling around with a slider and trying to work out exactly which one it is that you know changes a little bit that you want to change. So it's like I didn't. I'm having a I didn't know right they now. released the information for that. You said there's a video. Um, that's for the Eve, not for Guild Wars 2. It's for Eve. Um, I can't remember what the next expansion is, but yeah, there's been an updated video that was released this week, and I will try and dig it out because it's oh my god, and the music's really good too. Isn't Eve all about your ship though? Yeah, but you get. I think this one is about maybe going outside the ship. I don't know. I don't know a lot about Eve, but I was got shown that video and huh. and had an orgasm. <laughs> that's pretty funny how. That's pretty funny how um, a game that's so typically so focused on the ship. I mean, if if it really is still that way, how they could still put so much into the the people. They must make a lot of money. I know that that game is like the hardcore of all hardcore MMOs, and like business guys enjoy it the most. Yeah, I I would make a character called Captain Mal, and have a ship called. Yeah, Firefly. I bet you would. Oh, that would be a blast. I am still Captain Mal. You realize? This is Sounds where one of you says. One of you says, does. Captain, we have a problem in that your brain is missing. <laughs> Okay, so let's check out Togo Stopbox today. And the question is, and this is a big one. What Ryan, is, Ryan. Well, what, what? This is going to be a rough kind of landing. As a new player to Guild Wars... Aw, oh, Togo, I just want to get through this already. Shut up! Uh, what is Hearts of the North? Okay, guys, I'm going to have to bow out now. I have a dentist appointment at the time of recording, so see everybody. Hope you have a great time. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Oh, man, we are hosed. Really? That's okay. He gives spoilers. I give spoilers, mm-hmm. so it's a good thing that I'm bowing out right now. Okay. I agree. <laughs> so, who... Okay, we'll see you later, Chess. Nasir is your father! Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, who besides Chess knew anything about Hearts of the North? Cause... I, I know a little bit about it. I haven't made my way through it. Um, I'm not sure how much I should say, for Tasha's sake. But I, 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 can, I can meet for the next, like, ten minutes if you want. I can I can recap the general stuff that I know because there's no chance I'll give spoilers because I, I okay yeah go ahead uh, I skim read the interview with John Stummy and uh, that was about it okay so this wedding is about Kieran Thackeray and Gwen getting married um, it's a follow up to Warren Crida and they also have made some changes to Warren Crida to kind of help um, you know span the gap from what I can tell but there is one quest that's bugged I guess um, yeah and they got new costumes out that are a tuxedo and you can get a i mean all the tuxedos are the same between the three outfits they've said no they're not they're barely different it's barely different but they are different yeah there is a little funny little thing on the shoulder of this greens one as it were my wife referred to it as being sexist (laughs) because (laughs) because the women get the uh the blue dress and they get the wedding dress and they get a tux if they want it where the guys they get a tux and i was like well babe i really doubt they're gonna be actually that many guys even buying this pack but the dress is... Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. My other half wants it. He so badly wants a top hat for his re- his ritualist, so he can be the pantsless ritualist oh, with the top hat. well, you can't that blame He that. really, really wants that. That's cool. Man, if... I don't think I'll be buying this one myself. Yeah. See, I'm feeling like I kind of have to, considering, you know... You're going to get got married. about six weeks until the big day. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I feel like I kind of have to. Well, if I um, if I show up to your in-game wedding, will you accept me if if I'm wearing? Let's see, what can I put on? If, you can wear <laughs> lunatic court finery. Uh, yeah, I suppose with a flaming head. I'll, That's fine. I'll just use a transmutation stone. Maybe I'll bring a gaki with me. And just for everyone who's currently disgusted at the thought of an in-game wedding, there currently isn't one. It's a real-life wedding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you need to have an in-game one. I want to come. Okay. 
Okay, we'll, we'll see if we can sort something out. <laughs> oh my god, we're dorks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I, but anyway, even I, even I think that in-game weddings are like the lowest things going. Let's have a, Seriously. let's take it one step up and have a second life wedding. Oh. <laughs> Everybody will be walking around, blip, blip, walking into walls. What's the matter? High ping. <laughs> oh, the wedding's over? Shit. Um, anyway, you were talking about one of the quests being bugged, Ryan? Yeah. I, um, do you guys know? I any? do. Well, all I know is that, um, what was it? Like Thursday, the quests were released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thursday they were released, and they weren't all finished. They released the first, like two, I think. I'm not sure, but they released the first few, and then they said, "Yeah, we'll get the next ones out to you tomorrow." Sorry, we were tired and we went home. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much what happened. Um, and I remember thinking, hey, that's cool. You know, they give us a little bit of something now and then we can finish it later. Yeah, I think it had to do with, like, in one of the quests, an object spawned and it needed to behave a certain way, but it would keep respawning or something. I, if you're going to go do the Hearts of the North quest line, I highly recommend looking up bugged quest just so you know which i wish we could just talk about it but chaz freaking left because he has to get his teeth reinserted or whatever well i've made it halfway through um what you do basically is you go out into the world and you interact with an object and then you come back to the eye of the north and you interact with gwen and the scrying pool and you after you're done with that you go back out into the world and find another object and then you come back and you've got another little thing to do with the scrying pool. Okay. So basically That's... she's a mesmer and she's jacking with us. No. <laughs> no. She's I don't want to I don't want to ruin it. She's kind of standing there wringing her hands. She's like, "Oh my god. What's going on? Where's Kieran? I feel so bad." Huh. Okay. So I'm glad we could be so helpful to warn people. Uh <laughs> Google. Google is your friend. I'm sorry. I don't want spoilers. Okay. I'm a bad lady. I will continue to hold off on doing Hearts of the North just so I can be the go-to guy for non-spoilers and non-information. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a Gaki in the middle of all of it. <laughs> he had a top hat. Uh, it's, it's really, really strange. I had loads and loads of time at the start of this week. I actually got to play GBG this week for the first time in ages as well. So I've actually had a lot of time to start of the week, and then towards the end of the week, it's just disappeared. So I haven't had a chance to go in as yet. So, yeah, it's probably what I'm going to do after we rec- finish the recording is go in and do it. See, I, Just to be I, annoying. I popped in and I started playing it, and I'm having I'm having trouble getting through. And once you once you don't want spoilers, Tasha, we can talk about that. Why I'm okay. having trouble getting through. But okay. All right. We'll we'll talk later. Other than that, what I've been doing is running around and building things in Minecraft and naming them after Guild Wars places. <laughs> like I, I I bullied Hunter into naming his. His castle, Fort Rannick. <laughs> so, ArenaNet owes you for uh, advertising in <laughs> Minecraft, which everybody is playing now except for me. Well, I also kind of use the name of the, the names of the Guild Wars gods as uh, debugging parameters in my code. Nice. So, awesome. yeah. <laughs> People know which code is mine because all of a sudden they come across Lissa in the code. <laughs> oh, I just realized like we totally incorporated our entire pro tip segment into Togo Soapbox. So now we gotta like do an on the fly pro tip. Uh what what's a good pro tip? Um can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the uh, things? Excellent. 
let the people have their pro tip sauce. If you're going to do GVG and uh, you've only got six people, take the protection henchman and the uh, the curses necro one because they're pro. And uh, the shattering henchman, no good. Oh, and if you're going to do the Arborstone mission and you pick up the urn, kill all the stuff and all that. But then, you know, when you're in the I'm sorry, you pick up the urn. And then uh, Danica's stupid ass starts talking because that's what she freaking does. And then after a really long ass time, she finally walks up to where the urn was, says a few other stupid things, and then she'll go with you. It's very easy to not realize that. And instead, you'll like take off and she'll still be standing down there in the pool talking to nobody because she's an idiot. You finish the whole (laughs) thing and then you come back and she wants to run up the middle. So if you didn't run up the middle, you're really hosed. And somehow... We ran into that bug, me, Sea Squirrel Run, and a few other people, and we still got Masters. Like, we had to go back, get her. She took off up the middle thinking she was like Leroy Jenkins or something. <laughs> Except for with, I would rather listen to Leroy Jenkins any day of the week. Leroy! Hey, I can do that kind of stuff again. Uh, so, yeah, anyway. Yeah, don't. Yeah, probably not a good <laughs> idea. So, there you go. That's good. Okay. We did very good with pro tips. We also got quite a few emails because we had two weeks to get them. Uh, let's see. Do you want to read the first one, Tiger? Sure. Email from Dom. Hey, guys and girls from Relics of War. I had a thought on how ArenaNet could make in-game item purchases a bit easier. Do you guys think all of the GW2 in-game items will be purchasable via their app? I could see how this could help many people lacking the ability to use their credit card and who doesn't have a bit of, and who doesn't have a bit of iTunes cash to spend on a great game. Hmm. I think they're going to do that. Well, yes, I think they're going to do that, but what is iTunes cash? And I don't have any. I think it's for people who are accessing the app via iPad and iPod. No, no, iPad and iPhone. Sorry, I got the wrong products. Um, So you can kind of just dial in. But I think that would require Apple and ArenaNet to kind of work together in a way they wouldn't really want to. I don't know with Apple would allow that. You know, that that kind of bleeds into an important point. Like, how much will they work with Apple? Right now, Guild Wars, because it uses DirectX, doesn't even work on a Mac native, or Linux for that matter. Um, and that's one thing I want to ask Eric Flanham. Maybe we'll like get an answer. Not likely. But anyway, what are they going to do about other OSs this time? I think it would be... Wait, did somebody ask about this in another email? I don't think so. If they do, I'm answering your question ahead of time, and we'll get to you. But I think it would be ridiculous not to accommodate for the other OSs now because of for one Apple has driven Mac OS 10 so far into the mainstream now because of all the devices and stuff that they have you would they would miss out on a huge portion of gamers not accommodating for it and since it's a Unix system just like Linux I I imagine there's still a huge difference between the two because one's proprietary the other's not but it can't be as far of a stretch as to say it is between Windows and Linux. So while you're at it, come up with the Linux-based one too, especially because Android OS out, is out now, which I have a feeling this is going to kind of push Linux quite a bit farther into the mainstream than it is now. Right now, it's basically the place you go to get ridiculed by uber nerds who are like, you didn't compile your own kernel. I bet you think kernel is like popcorn, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, the... um. The Guild Wars 2 app is going to be available on Android as well. So it's not only a a Macintosh iPhone thing. I think as far as... I'm, I'm trying to get away from talking about various different platforms just because I think that's kind of going a bit off what the guy was 
originally talk about it. Um, but I think in terms of payment methods, I think ArenaNet really have to consider um, some kind of way for miners and people who don't have credit cards by choice to be able to go and get the stuff, be it via PayPal or via some other method like prepaid credit cards or maybe points that they can go and buy in a store um, and then go and spend um, in you know on the NCSoft website. I think that would be in their best interest if they're going to have more of a microtransaction model than they did with Guild Wars. I think that's, that's kind of going to be needed. And not only that, but you need to allow it so that you can set up an area that you can use your credit card from. So if you're on holiday or in, say, another country, your your card will still work because that doesn't work at the moment. Please don't do anything like Microsoft Points, though. Those are stupid. That's like tokens for an arcade. Oh. Mm-mm. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be kind of nice if you could say to someone, yeah, I, I kind of want some stuff for Guild Wars 2, but I don't know what I want yet. Can you go in for my, for my birthday or what have you? Can you get me, say, a thousand NC soft points? Oh, we'll have gift cards then. Yeah, Guild that Wars kind of thing. Because that'd be quite yeah. nice as well. It's if you could gift the stuff to someone else. Dude. Because I kind of, sometimes it'd be nice if I could kind of go and gift, say, a costume set to someone special, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I think it would be in their best interest as well to have purchases enabled through your your device and through the app. Just because if someone is out and about and they see something that they really like and they'd like to get it, that enables it. them to take advantage of, um, oh, what am I looking at? Snap decisions? Yeah. Impulse decisions. They want to, if people want to give you money because it's on impulse, you don't want to stop them by any method if possible really yeah impulsive buyers are huge for the profit books yeah profit books i just made that up Um, (laughs) uh, we got an email again from mateo vittoria i gotta say that that more latino-ish mateo (laughs) vittoria which i i am allowed to say that now because i found out that's not his real name anyway he says all right team a few questions number one halloween from what I heard, it was awesome, with all the cool new costumes and quests. However, because examiners didn't take into account the Guild Wars event when deciding when to schedule my exams, I missed out. So my question to you guys is, is there any way I can relive or access the new dungeon and or the new quests everyone is talking about? No. Uh, Not until yeah, next year. That. Yeah. I missed, I missed the majority of the quests and the dungeons too, so you're not alone. If I'm if I'm reading uh, Mateo's email, I should do it like the uh, Dosa Keys guy. Do a more technical question that doesn't actually relate to Guild Wars. I'll stop. What headset microphone do you guys use to podcast? As I am currently looking into looking to build a computer soon, I've been looking around for different types of headsets which serve both music and hardcore gaming purposes. Um. Okay. So my hardware for podcasting is this uh, kind of crappy Vista lap- laptop that my friend Dave lent me. So the laptop itself isn't really much of a, you know, fancy thing at all. My microphone is a Samson CO1U USB mic. Uh, it's really nice, and it costed me $75. The shock stand costed $25. So I have a very costy microphone. And then the headset I have is, it's a headset with like the big, big, big cushy things that go around the ears so it can kind of cancel oh, out a lot of noise. Mm. Now, there's a Microsoft headset that I got from Best Buy the other day for work because I have to also uh, use a headset for work. It's pretty awesome. Um, 
That thing, I did a test with it the other day, and I found that I could actually record this podcast from my basement if I absolutely had to. I'll probably do interviews from there. That thing's great. And uh, I'll, man, what was the model of that thing? I forget now. It's like Life Chat or something. Look that thing up because it's pretty good quality. My headset, Steel Sound, Steel Series, five and a half, whatever it is. Um, it's really, really good. It's really handy as well because if you travel, it, the headband uh, detaches into three pieces so you don't like bend it awkwardly when you're fitting it in a case. You can just take it apart and slot it back together again the other end. So that's kind of cool. And it's a ridiculously long cable on it as well. So, yeah, it's good. I like it. I'm Audio using... quality is really, really Sorry. good as well. So when I'm doing my DJ, I use the exact same mic to do the radio shows as I do to do the podcasts. Um, the music quality on it is excellent. I really enjoy it. And it's starting to go now because I've had it for nearly three years, I think. Um, and I'm just asking people for Christmas to have another one exactly the same because I really can't ask for better. So, yeah. I'm using a $10 Logitech headset from Walmart. It's got it's got headphones and the speaker attached around the side of the face. Um, you might notice that my audio quality the past few podcasts I've been in has kind of gone downhill. That is not because of the headset. That's because we upgraded to Windows 7 and their audio drivers are crazy. Yeah. yeah typically, I, I have to vouch for Windows 7, but I think in terms of drivers and compatibility, sometimes you... Since it's pretty new still right now, you're going to have this kind of crap. Creative, yeah, I'm we looking were using... at you. It's all Creative's <laughs> fault. Because I have a sound card in my PC that I can't work because Creative's drivers are shit. Yeah, Creative sucks. <laughs> Sorry, um, it's true. Before, we were using Windows XP, and whenever I get my computer up and running, I'm going to see if I can set up a dual boot system with Ubuntu and maybe see if that works any better for for the podcast. Oh, so can I? Don't... Uh, I got to recommend using Linux Mint instead. It's built off Ubuntu, so it's still Ubuntu, but it's they install Flash for you. They do all the stuff that you're still going to end up needing anyway. So if you're not like a proprietary purist, and there are a lot of people out there who use Linux that are, but if you're not, Lin- Linux Mint is the way to go. the The menus are more um, familiar to a Windows user and stuff. Okay. I'm using it a lot right now. I, I it's the first time I used Mint, and I I peed my pants. <laughs> Anyway, enough talking about soiling ourselves. Um, oh, and he also asked about software. We, I, we, okay. Voice over IP is Skype because Skype uses up a little. It's, it's not meant to be light on the memory load, so, but it makes for better quality. And to record, I use CallGraph. I tried Pamela, as I've said before. Don't. CallGraph is actually reliable unless Chaz leaves the call. <laughs> um, but other than that, I mean, and even it's really good. And drop. Yeah, yes. She's using CallGraph, too, in case mine poops. And then there's also PowerGramo, which I'm going to try soon. Power, G-R-A-M-O. Um, that was on the recommendation of Hunter from Hunter's Insight. I'm going to check that out. Um, that's probably going to end up being my main source. And then I edit the show in Audacity. Audacity is so pro. It is awesome. You know, I, I opened up Audacity, like, months ago. And the last time I used any sound editing software was maybe in 2004, when I was in college in my audio class and it was, it was so easy to just get up and moving with. The only issue I have with it is the interface. I feel like I'm like trying to put circle circular blocks through circular holes. It just feels like a baby toy. I have to agree with that. I mean, if I'm trying to do um, like promos and stuff for the station, 
I end up with so many different because I'm using different audio samples from various different tracks and audios etc I end up with so many vertical tracks and I can't minimize any of them and I'm trying yeah. to sync them up I have to keep jiggling them around to try and make it so that the ones that I'm trying to sync up are next to each other it feels really really clunky and for that I actually prefer using um, Adobe Audition because I can yeah. do that kind of stuff with it but Audacity fits like 95% of the purposes that I use. And if I'm doing a, like a mashup or a, an edit of a track, that's what I use. I use Audacity. And it's well, the free. Most the most experience I have with the different audio editing software is um, Acid Music. And that's not exactly the same type of a program. Mm. But in, in that one, you end up with a huge long list of different tracks as well. So I guess I'm just used to it. If you I, if you go to get Audacity, get the beta that they have. Their stable release is like five years old or something, mm. and it can't do half the things the beta can do. The beta might crash on you once or twice here and there. That's why you save early, save often, etc. Uh, otherwise, yeah, the beta can do so much more. I also have SoundForge Pro as well, but I don't use that I, very much. I'll oh, try that. You can't do multi-track on it, I oh. don't think, unless I'm doing it wrong, which is possibly true, but. <laughs> Okay, so the next email. Uh, go ahead, Tiger. Um, the one by Asian, Asian Joe. Joe. Asian Joe. Okay. Hi guys, I'm sure you hear this a lot, but keep up the great work on the show. Here's a topic that I'd like to hear your thoughts on. So there are five races and five dragons. Do you think that what race you play will ultimately decide what dragon you face at the end game through your personal story, or do you think that we will face all five dragons throughout the story? Um. First, I'd like to say, no, I don't think that because uh, Zaitan is the big bad at the end of the original Guild Wars 2. Yeah, he, he covers that right after, like, right where you left uh, off. Oh, okay. So I'll keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> Anit has been kind of pushing Zaitan as the endgame dragon, but there are four others. Karl Katorik, Awakened in Char territory, and the dragon brand affected mostly Char land. Primordus is the primary dragon threatening the Asura. Jormog is the Norn's dragon and the unnamed sea dragon can be linked to the Silvari by process of elimination. The grove does seem to sit very close to the water. Zaitan did raise ore, which is a human continent, and is blocking travel, but it seems that the humans are the only race which really need to travel out of Tyria, so, so he is mostly a human problem. Obviously, the dragons as a whole are a problem for every race, but it seems to me that each dragon threatens one of the races more and Anet could be using the idea to have each race tackle a specific dragon, which could lead to people playing longer and choosing the other races so that they can defeat the other dragons. So speculate away. I think, personally, and this is not off any information or anything, it just seems to me that it's going to be a lot like how you had the Lich Lord. Lich Lord? Lich Lord? I don't care. Uh, Shiro? Okay. Lich. Uh, Shiro Net was next. Then you had Abaddon. I think it's just going to be... They're going to release a dragon, then another dragon, then another dragon. Yeah, kind of. I agree with that. I, I think so too, but after reading the rest of that, I can see where he's drawing the, the link, and I think oh, it's so pretty interesting. The idea is yeah. badass. Yeah. I like the idea. I don't know if they'll go to that trouble, is my concern. I can see where we might be able to might maybe encounter two of the dragons, say, in the main story, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. overly be surprised to find that maybe the other three were encounters similar to the Sorrows of Furnace update. There were maybe three updates that happened a few months after release. 
um, just to kind of eke out more um, content, maybe, possibly. Yeah. That weren't paid for. I mean, they're not expansions because I really expect that the expansions will go back to Canther and Alona. So, yeah. That fell flat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a call from Oculus Sinister. Also wanted to mention, see if you guys had noticed that you can scroll through all the way up to 50 now and see that they are planning on doing rewards all the way up for the Hall of Monuments up to 50 now. So they have the titles up. So if you go up to the bar, it actually has a dot, dot, dot and you can actually scroll forward. So it looks like we're all going to be busting our balls trying to get up to 50 out of 50 points. So thanks so much, and you guys don't have to read my email. You guys can just have this recording instead. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. Um, my thinking on this is actually that those are just titles that you can earn beyond that, and my only thinking, or my only reason for that is because ArenaNet kind of tries to be... Um, it tries to cater for, to the casual that still can dedicate to a degree, which is about where 30 falls. Is yeah. you're casual, but you were able to get here, so cheers, here's your, you know, Balthazar flaming fist. But I would also not be surprised if just before Guild Wars 2 releases, or as Loudon said, because they will release some profession that we weren't supposed to know about, then they'll suddenly open all those next rewards up from 30 to 50. And you'll see that, like, that profession, the new profession was catered to in, like, number 32 or something. Well, the 30 to 50 rewards are titles. So I, I don't, I really don't think they're going to put physical rewards there. I, I think they'll just be titles. I actually think they will. And the reason why is that the Hall of Monuments has brought a lot of people back to Guild Wars. And a lot of new interest from about Guild Wars has been generated by the calculator being there. So mm. what I wouldn't be surprised is maybe um, at the same time they release maybe the beta information or the release date, they also unlock a whole load of new rewards for the Hall of Monuments to get people back and playing Guild Wars so that when the release happens for Guild Wars 2, people are ready, people are interested in the game, and they just go, right, I'm going to go buy this right now because I'm done. Keep in mind, people, that you will be able to work on these things after Guild Wars 2 releases. Yeah, I just think it's a nice free, as it were, marketing tool for them to get people you know, Definitely. Purchases. Which I agree with that. Okay, and then we got some iTunes comments. This one is going to be quite the topic. Um, so let's just get down to it. This one is from Sec Under. I think that's how he likes to pronounce it. Um, he's basically taking a white elephant and throwing it into the middle of the room. So I'll read it first, and then I'll talk about it. He says, I have to say, I find myself constantly refreshing both the Relics website and iTunes storefront to get the t- latest episode. I usually listen to the podcast while I'm playing, so there's always plenty of time to listen. Everything about this podcast is done right. Audio quality is great. Humor is great. The flow of conversation seems really natural. I can imagine actually enjoying playing with these people in-game and casually talking to them. This brings me to the ruffling feathers part. He titled it Not to Ruffle Any Feathers. Uh, He says, There was an episode of Relics where Ryan made fun of horrible WoW podcast hosts. When I can't find a new episode of Relics of Ore, sometimes I stray to the other Guild Wars podcasts. There's another Guild Wars podcast out there that sounds almost exactly like Ryan's impersonation of the WoW podcasts. Ouch. Every time I listen to said Guild Wars podcast, not only am I just amazed at the similarity of the impersonation, I am reminded of how awesome Relics of Ore's podcast is. After that one, there was a comment that was titled LOL by Faller123, and he says, Ha! I must know who Sec Under is talking about. It is Guildcast, dun dun dun. Okay, first I want to say, I don't think Sec Under did mean that. There's there's a thing about the Guild Mag podcast people 
um, may or may not be aware of. They should be aware of it if you listen. They've gone live. That's like that's their their gig. And it's really cool because you can get in the chat room and talk to them while it's going on. What that does, though, and you'll notice this with any podcast that's live. I like to listen to one called Forecast, which is spelled like F-O-U-R cast done by a bunch of podcasters that are veterans at it, like Scott Johnson and Tom Merritt. But because it's live, the audio quality does suffer to some degree. And that may be what Secunder is talking about is just that I mean, I've noticed it. Um, as far as Guildcast goes, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I do think that we put more attention to sound quality, but you got to look at Sean's life. Sean does massively, and he does uh, the Massively Speaking podcast. He's a busy dude, and it, I don't think he has time to get in his car like I've done today, especially because it's freezing ass in here. So th- that's more of a where where's the dedication? Sean's dedication seems to be the resources he can draw from, and he's got a ton of them where our dedication seems to be more in the humor and high sound quality, except for Chaz and his damn hiccups. And then you've got Guildmag, who's, you know, their draw is from Guildmag, the website, which is a really good site. And the fact that they're live, like that's live interaction with the show. So and I, I can, don't think, oh, go ahead. I can vouch, um, having tried to do and having done uh, live talk shows on the radio before, it is bloody difficult to do. Just because the, I mean, the software that we use in Split Infinity is not necessarily the most streamlined to get multiple voices on the air, so you end up having to use um, voice repeaters, audio repeaters, and that ends up with a lot of delays. So you end up sounding like an idiot because you're waiting, you know, a few milliseconds more than you naturally would do to find out if someone's actually going to reply to you, and especially when that person then has lag and has dropped, like they did during the Halloween thing that I did. I'm sorry, guys. It's nothing to do with your fault, but it just it sounds bad to people who are listening. Um, so I can definitely vouch that there are a lot of pitfalls in trying to do something live. But you have to also remember that if you've got a podcast, you've got time to edit the uncomfortable silences out. So yeah, just audacity, bear that in mind. In Audacity, there's the spiffy filter, which is truncate silence. You can tell it only have this much silence at any time, and it'll just trim it up i do it for our show though yeah. we hardly ever need it but here's the thing is i this sec under guy i think he's just trying to say let's be honest my impersonation was actually of a wow podcast that i once heard one episode of and i just got pissed i couldn't stand it and i get migraines because i have very high sensitivity to audio which is partially why i dedicate so much attention to our sound quality is if i can't listen to it nobody else is i make a good litmus test for what's going to be good enough yeah but look at how many listeners Guildcast has. I mean, if their sound is worse, it's still up to par. It's still good enough or these people wouldn't be listening. Um, there's no lie here. Sean and I are friends. The first podcast I ever made an appearance on was one of Sean's. So I am going to, you know, try and set things straight when it comes to that sort of stuff. And Sean and I are talking a little bit about collaboration ideas. So Yeah. Well, I guess I would say give the people who are doing it live a break because it's not an easy gig. Yeah. No. Uh, that's not to say we're not opposed to trying to go live one of these days. I think it would be fun, but... I think we should try it at least once. I mean, I could certainly provide a venue, so we'll see. Oh, cool. And we get a chat room with it? Of course. Um, Split Infinity has an IRC channel. Ooh, we'd be using Split Infinity? Yeah, why not? Well, shit, yeah. Oh. about that? <laughs> Cross-promotion, baby. You heard it here first. <laughs> so, yeah, look forward to that, I guess. And now the Guild Mag guys are going, Hey, that's our shtick. I'm just joking. <laughs> 
<laughs> the only thing is we would actually have to keep it under two hours for once and be on time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> this episode of Relics of War was not produced before a live studio audience. <laughs> okay, so uh, enough of that crap. Uh, Relics is also compiling a Guild Wars community list. Uh, if you have a website or a resource of some kind that benefits Guild Wars or Guild Wars 2 and you're not on our fan base listing thing, uh, write to us. Also, uh, let Guild Wars gw2fans.com not to be confused with guild fans uh let them know too they have a they have their list is bigger but it's because they don't wait for people to submit they just put something up for them which is probably better than what we're doing i'm just lazy ass so yeah write to us you send us an email with a 180 by 180 pixel image to kind of be in the blog post for you and we'll put you in that database um let's see our guild wars guild is still recruiting as i said before we are allied with the notorious pig hamstorm nation and they are pros over there pvp or pve if there's something you want to do they're good about doing it and they're very sporadic so it's not like you got to schedule it all the time relics mostly schedules uh so see our forums for the application process see our website for uh, the hamstorm nation website uh we're requesting itunes comments still We'll read them on the show. As we've proven, we read them on the show basically no matter what. Um, you can get swag, so like shirts with the Relics of War logo and stuff, at Cafe Press. I'm working on one from Zazzle.com as well because they have pretty awesome options. But uh, go ahead and check out the Cafe Press one if you see one that you like. Please uh, buy it. There's very, very minor proceeds that go to the show. I have yet to get paid for anything anyone bought yet. But there are people buying this stuff. And we've also got a donate button on the front page of the site if you want to support us but not have to, you know, buy a new rig from Doghouse or if you don't want to, you know, buy new shirts and stuff. You just want to put the money straight to us, it's there. Uh, you can get a hold of us by sending us MP3s, OGGs, waves. Please no WMAs. I really don't like those, but I, I'll make use of them if I have to. Uh, that is at relicsofor, relicsoforr at gmail.com. You can also go to our website at relicsoforr.com where you can find links to our Facebook page, Twitter, and our forums. And you can also call us at 708-202-9262. Someone's saying something in chat. Sorry. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to... Okay, today for the Wheel of Morality, I was totally going to... Oh, before I get to this. Stay tuned for another pro mashup from Sea Squirrel Run. And Relics of War wants to say thanks to ArenaNet, Doghouse Systems, the listeners, Guild Wars 2 Guru, and GuildFans.com. We've added them. Okay, so about Wheel of Morality. Today the surprise is everybody is getting a Wheel of Morality. And I still haven't thought of one yet. Another have I. And I'm not very funny. So might be in shit there. Well, mine's not funny. Okay. Much. Okay. See if I can think of one in the time it takes you to do yours. Are you going to do the, the voice? What voice? Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Wheel. Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn, all of us. Laughter is the shock absorber that eases the blows of life. Okay. Um... I could be very unoriginal say. Confucius say, man who stand on toilet is high on pot. <laughs> I really can't do these. I mean, my only thought right now is I love chocolate buttons. I love them so good. So, I'll have to do. I've just got to say this one now, too. Okay, so. Um, uh, Schrodinger's cat walks into a bar. But then he doesn't. <laughs> See, that's good. <laughs> See, I, I always say the old, the old girl was joke of a warrior walked into a bar and nobody was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
That's fantastic. All right, guys. Well, um, I have been Ryan this whole time, and I will continue to be as such. <laughs> I will still be Tasha. <laughs> and I'm Tiger Feet. Not actually Tasha. <laughs> Take care, guys. Like this. Shoot her! <laughs> It's time for the weekly mashup. This is where we play you the best bits from previous episodes because you were too busy. A. Awaiting your bulk order of pink sweatpants. B. Begging ArenaNet for the next professional reveal. C. Checking out the awesome relics of all merchandise available. And D. Delivering double rainbows on unicorns from your rainbow factory. Yeah, what the hell else was I going to say? I think my mouth was going and my brain just kind of went... This is the podcast about Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, and the Guild Wars hole that's on a community. Can I be the hole? I'm Cat. I'm JR. There you Damn go. Damn it. <laughs> you know I go first on these things. Come on. That's why I slid it in there real fast. Well, good job. You just single-handedly destroyed the economy. You can have your T-stones, but don't make us pay for hot pink. Hey, even I get my pitchfork out at that point. Either that or they're going to have to put a donate button on their front page. Go ahead and form your angry response to microtransactions right now and just go ahead yeah. and post it. I can't even read. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you tolerate working on group. Just find word shapes that look offensive and I delete posts. It's because we're it, not stupid better. enough to get hit. No, you're distracting your enemy with boobies. That's what's up. <laughs> that would totally work. Probably. I have this crazy theory that cows are somehow responsible entirely for global warming and it's all down to the jellyfish. See, I always thought that global warming was caused because there's a rapid decline in pirates. If you notice, CO2 levels are increasing at the same rate that pirates are decreasing. Yeah, well at least they're not going to have vanquishing in Guild Wars 2. It keeps respawning! Uh, at least I hope they don't have it. Boy, that would be a mind job. They'd be like, let's see how many people actually try. <laughs> You did bring a resurrection signet, right? Noob, noob. Gives the impression that you could be shouting, standing over someone's dead body in real life and yell at them to stop being a wuss and get up. Yeah, I just thought of this. I would really like the ability to have the API work in reverse and tell Guild Wars 2 what to do and then make my own quips. So we'd be like in game and <laughs> I'd be running around as this elementalist and suddenly make these gacky sounds. I think there should be a gacky boss in Guild Wars 2 called the singleton instead of you being the troll under the bridge they think you need to be a gacky <laughs> oh my god that would be so much better or maybe a gacky <laughs> troll under the bridge in pink sweat <laughs> someone walked past his office and shouted through the door hey you know we're not a rainbow factory sean at guildcast is gonna be going ha ha you bastards <laughs> i got the scoop you didn't i haven't had my rainbow yet so i'm not thanking them <laughs> it's coming but they, they have to deliver them with a unicorn so it takes some time <laughs> To be honest, if it does come with a unicorn, that would be epic. <laughs> <laughs>